0: Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Creating a National Food Service, the podcast that tells you about the National Food Service and creating things and personal pronouns. Um, We have it all really. We've had an exciting week in campaign land. On Monday we went down to London Town, four of us, we went to speak at Newspeak House in Bethnal Green, I think... I don't really know London. Anyway, it was a really um, useful event. Um, We got some fantastic feedback from there. loads of really interesting people in the room, uh, including lots of people who've run stuff and know how to do all this sort of thing. There's lots of useful talk about things like public ownership and all that kind of stuff, and we'll be developing those ideas. Um, There's nothing really much to talk about coming up, or at least there's one or two things in the pipeline, but um, they're not sort of clarified yet, so I can't really talk about them on the podcast as of yet, in case they all go down the toilet. Um, But yeah, we're back with the podcast, so at least we have that. Yay! Um, This week I... Well, actually not this week more like a month ago I interviewed uh, Roy Lamming from uh, Beanbag Cafe and I do apologise to him for having mispronounced his name in the actual um, interval interview interview for having mispronounced his name in the actual interview um, I'm clearly just a terrible person Uh, but never mind Um, it's I don't live in London I live in Sheffield and this was a very rare opportunity to interview this guy and I was doing four other things in the day on the day I interviewed him. So I was running from like um, an event to a drama thing to a board thing um, and then trying to sort of find a place to interview with him and not having any luck. So we ended up in a slightly um, odd location for, a, for an audio recording. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll think that maybe it adds a little bit of atmosphere. Anyway, um, I've rambled on for long enough. So here we go. Interview with Roy Lamming. Thank you very much. So thanks very much for joining me today. Um, we've sort of been dashing around London trying to find like a place that we can record in, and we've ended up in the British Museum so if you can hear a cafe in the background that's uh, why just a nice bit of ambience. I'm um, here today with Roy Laming
1: Laming, Laming. Laming. Roy yes. Laming.
0: Roy, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so tell me what your involvement in uh, food justice is.
1: So I've been involved in um, what I call the community cafe movement for about 10 years now okay. Um, I worked in corporate business before that and had a career break and um, was motivated actually by a book, which is called Celebrating the Great Good Place by a gentleman called Ray Oldenburg. So he's like an urbanologist in the States and he was really talking about the loss of places where people in the United States used to come together and have community. And that sparked an idea in my own mind, in that I lived in a large rural village which had very few community facilities. And that kind of inspired me to um, develop a community cafe or get involved in community cafes because I saw them as great places where the community could come together and maybe tackle uh, or use food to tackle social isolation issues. Mm. Sure. Um, but at the same time they were sustainable through the income that was always being generated and coming from a business background the combination of the two appealed to me quite a lot
0: yeah for sure um, so tell me uh, what Bean bad cafe does
1: so um, the original idea was to um, run and develop my own cafe <coughs> uh, to tackle that issue of, of community in, in the place where I lived um, It took quite a different path in that I ended up running a youth cafe um, in Maidstone in Kent for four years. So that was a cafe specifically designed for young people um, Mm -hmm. as a place they could hang out, as a place where intervention could take place. So again, it was kind of using the medium of food and drink, but to attract and engage with young people. Um, I then ran two or three other cafe projects, a refectory and an adult education centre, a coffee cart in a library and a pop-up cafe in a church that ran every Saturday for five years. I mean. <laughs> so, um, so I did, I ran my own projects over that period. Um, and running cafes is hard work. <laughs> yeah, I'd certainly I certainly found so. that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, my daughter was also working in the commercial cafe sector, but she was a manager of a high street coffee shop. She was um, withdrawing from that because she was having children. Mm. And we saw that from all the work and experience we had, we were quite in quite a good position to actually help other people in the um, Food for Good movement, if you like. Um, and we came up with the idea originally of kind of a, almost like a social franchise model and a toolkit to help people start cafe projects. So the idea was that we would really mentor and coach and advise them on how, particularly um, organisations or individuals that had a passion and saw an opportunity to create a cafe of some sort for social good, but they didn't have the experience. So because, um, certainly for me, I'd come out of the corporate world and never done it before, and then Mm -hmm. did it three or four times over, so we decided to set up Beanbag Cafe as a social enterprise to help other people do the same.
0: That's fantastic. And what kind of expertise, like which specific ways do you help these
1: So... Where we are now, and, and it's, it's still evolving, even after the few years that we've done it, we've now either run or worked, uh, worked in supporting 15 different projects.
0: Grimey.
1: And what I believe we have is what I call a, a community cafe blueprint. Mm. So it is a bit of a toolkit of not so much a, a full-on commercial cafe, five, six, seven days a week, um, but um, a cafe environment which is maybe in a community building, which is being run by volunteers. So the business model is quite different. The reasons for engagement are quite different. And really we've got, we can provide advice and resources, everything from business planning, helping with fundraising and finance, but then through to um, job descriptions for staff recruitment, checklists for food hygiene, um, tools for managing the finances. Mm. So, um, in its entirety, it's about 200 pages of resources. But at the moment, one day I would like to publish it maybe, but at the moment um, we work on a one-to-one basis with our clients. Um, We try and charge quite a low day rate (laughs) to help them, and they won't always have much money to get going. So um, we work work with each client to work out where they are in their expertise, work out the equipment and venue they've got available, um, and then we work on a um, just on a, even an hourly or a, or a daily basis um, over a period of time to get them from zero to opening if you like
0: mm-hmm. and is there a requirement for these ones do they have to like be socially focused
1: um, yeah typically that's what we do so mm. <clears throat> uh, occasionally I get inquiries um, from people who are sort the of commercial cafe yeah but I think from our website and our expertise and also the inquiries I get um, it is people who've they typically come and, and they pick up the phone or email because they've got an idea for a cafe, mm. but they recognise they don't have the experience. Um, we do this part-time, so I, I have a, um, a kind of day job, if you like, working for a national charity that supports social entrepreneurs. Um, so my capacity at the moment is around maybe three to four projects a year. Some of them can. The probably the least we do is one day, <laughs> and that can be quite often when they've written a business plan. Maybe they've got that far, and they want somebody to independently review it and give comments on it. Um, so right, what, right through to working multiple days to help people.
0: What is the difference between like a commercial
1: yeah. cafe? And a so, I mean, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, and um, for community cafes, there's actually lots of different. Um, definitions yeah. and motivations. <clears throat> so, I think, in my mind, community cafe is quite a loose term for a cafe that is primarily delivering social good. Mm-hmm. And I actually see commercial cafe, um, community cafes, being run with really two different business models. So, sometimes they are run on a full commercial basis. So they have they may be in a high street location or they're in a high traffic area they have professionally trained staff who are good managers, they're good baristas, they're good with food. Mm -hmm. So um, organisations may be creating a professional and and commercial cafe, so you pay a full price for coffee, you pay a full price for food, but the social objective is maybe to provide training and work experience to people. Yeah. So I've done two, two projects like that where the primary reason the cafe was set up was to provide training and work experience to people in recovery from addiction Mm -hmm. and from homelessness the other type that we see is a cafe which is kind of softer community environment so maybe there's a coordinator or a manager and they may be paid or they may be voluntary but you always need somebody as the linchpin to keep these things running but maybe there's much more volunteer involvement so people from the community are coming to volunteer to serve food it's it's, it's motivation and purpose for them mm-hmm. um, and, but also it's a, um, because it's run using volunteers of which there are benefits but also the staff costs are not as high so you can actually run a cafe for social good in a place where a commercial cafe wouldn't work because your cost base is much lower
0: yeah, 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 yeah. so um, when someone says the phrase National Food Service what do you think of so, without knowing anything about the project, <laughs>
1: I think um, we first came across each other on Twitter, mm. and um, it caught my eye. I think just because of other people we were mutually following, but um, uh, just the name for me spoke about social intent. Um, and of course, you see the name, and then you start to read the description, and I could tell that um, you and your colleagues were kind of passionate and involved with using food as part of the kind of wider um, social improvement movement so tackling issues in society in some way Um, and that's why I was keen to meet you today as (laughs) as well as you finding out about what Beanbag does um, to to hear more about your interest in the national what you call the national food service and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah
0: Yeah. so we're kind of uh, still developing our specific concrete idea for what we want it to be or and it may well be that the ideas. I think, as I said to you before the interview started, it may be that someone takes the idea and changes it, and then their version becomes a reality. You can't really control these things. Um, but if it were up to you, what would, how would your national food service function? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've throwing you in the deep end. No, there that's with a that really question. good question.
1: <laughs> um, I think what I'm seeing. Um, and some of the connections and and people I've connected with directly and the projects I've run Um, there is there is a big movement in our society a lot of it comes from younger generations as well, Mm. very passionate about the environment, about things like food waste about things like the way the economy works Um, so I I see um, community cafes as one of the many tools and strategies that are that people are engaging with to just kind of um, reflect on the way society works, how we might tackle social issues like isolation in different ways. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I think, um, but there's no real, um, there are umbrella organisations like Social Enterprise UK and things like that, but there's nothing specific for the food for good community. There's mm. lots of regional organisations. Um, somebody I know has done some work around. Um, looking at social enterprises and they've collected over 600 um, what they call community cafes or cafes for good in the UK.
0: So, what, what are they called, sorry?
1: Well, social enterprise cafes oh, or oh, yeah. community cafes. Um, okay. So on Twitter, um, there's is um, at Sochent Cafe. Um, and if you follow them, you see they've got like 600 followers. Great,
0: I'll get, I'll get on that.
1: <laughs> so you can see, I think it's a, it's a movement. Um, and people yeah. are, people come at it from lots of different reasons whether it's about employability whether it's mm-hmm. about social isolation whether it's about tackling food waste issues whether it's about promoting vegan food um, so people are using food in lots of different ways to benefit our society in ways that haven't really happened before
0: Yeah, absolutely and I, and I saw something on your website about some of the cafes used food that would otherwise go to waste That's correct, yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so um, there's organisations like Fair Shade, F- Fair Share, sorry, yeah. Fair Shade, um, um, and we've we've seen it much more on the news recently about food, you know, wonky food and wonky vegetables. Oh yeah, yeah. And things that don't make it onto the supermarket shelves. Huge volumes of, uh, of things like that. So quite a lot of the projects I use um, are engaged with. The kind of distribution of what would otherwise be food waste um, mm. whether it's near near end of life or whether the supermarkets just consider it's not good enough for the shelf um, and they may get anything from just daily deliveries of boxes of things and they they may do a daily special out, out of whatever turns up yeah um, that's one way they do it um, there's a lady i know down in ramsgate on the south coast um, potentially getting huge volumes of food, so she's actually looking at making products. She actually does a pop-up restaurant in a primary school during the school holidays, which is free mm. to go, and that brings kind of families, particularly those without much money, together. Um, so there's huge, huge variety, I think, in in this kind of social food movement, um, and something like a national food service or other types of umbrella organisations to help and support.
0: Yeah, help them interrelate better. Yeah, you know, and connect,
1: kind of learn, share. Um, mm. And I think um, several organisations like myself on a you know single client scale, maybe yourselves, is trying to um, be more of a movement. Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite exciting times because it's all starting to happen.
0: Yeah, it is, it, it is exciting. Um, so what are your plans for the future with
1: Beanbag? Um, that's a good question. So at the moment I'm going to kind of carry on um, as I am with um Support my daughter. She's running her own projects now as well. But um, so I think, um, in terms of my own place and work commitments, um, I'm I'm also trustee of two charities at the moment. Great. Um, So I think um, I'm. I think I'm keen to kind of develop what I'm doing further. Yeah. So I I definitely have ambitions, maybe over the next few years, to concentrate more fully on on this, um, the blueprint. Maybe one day, <laughs> mm, yeah, to, it's a
0: really useful resource, yeah,
1: to kind of work out how I can um, do more work on that. It, need, yeah. it needs more work, so it's not like a PDF you download right now or an ebook that you would, yeah, maybe buy off Amazon, but maybe that's an ambition for that as, as a resource. Um,
0: I think there's a lot of people that. Um yeah, have the ambition to do something like this, but it's such a daunting task. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And when you when you were starting out, when you were creating those first cafes, like what? I mean, what gave you the drive to just say, right? I'm just going to do this.
1: So I was I was extremely fortunate because I uh, I was trying to do my own cafe and starting any business takes time and money <laughs> yeah. um, and I actually got as far as getting planning permission from a local authority to, the original idea was to build a cafe as an extension to a library so it was a very ambitious yeah. plan and sometimes working with councils and so on can be very challenging and very costly mm-hmm. and then this opportunity to actually run a youth cafe really as an employee um, was very fortunate so that was kind of my learning curve um, what I think i was able to do was bring some of my business skills to that so i had no real previous experience in in hospitality or catering other than cooking at home yeah um, but i had some business experience so i very much looked at the at the youth cafe project um, as how it could be made sustainable and move away from the from the grant funding it had from the local authority um, I think marketing and promotion and I learned an awful lot about networking and how to bring organisations and young people in into the cafe Um, and I think I also um, went certainly when we did the pop-up cafe um, in the church we because I was it was all run by volunteers including myself um, but I knew I couldn't be there every week it was open every Saturday in, in term time so I worked really hard on the processes that would enable other people to run the cafe when I wasn't there but deliver the same quality Yeah. and that was kind of really a fundamental part of this toolkit idea Um, the other thing that we really did is because we knew it was run by volunteers we worked really hard on really having a quality offer, you know we're talking espresso coffee, we're talking about um, a couple of hot food dishes, Mm. so we were trying to Match what people expect, which is high street quality, you know.
0: Right, yeah. So um, rather than it just being a bit done at. Yeah, the hills this, is, or this is
1: not a coffee morning, <laughs> you know, yeah. for a particular generation. Um, we, we, we aimed to deliver what a lot of people would expect now and a lot of people use, which is a high street coffee shop standard, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> run smoothly and consistently with lots of volunteers involved. And I think that was kind of critical to our work. And that's where I think I can really help people you know that are looking at that kind of model yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've worked with some projects where they're very ambitious with their menu and it's actually too difficult <laughs> for people who've maybe had a quite a long time in homelessness or you know people without catering experience mm. to deliver
0: has uh, there's something about commercial cafes which I think again was mentioned on your website about how which is something I completely agree with often you go to the cafe but you don't feel able to talk to anyone else there. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have a chat with the barista or whatever, but um, do you do your challenge, uh, cafes challenge that? And if so, how?
1: I think they challenge it, but often because they're coming from a community focus.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they may be led by an organisation. So I've just finished um, helping a charity in London open a cafe in a park and, um, but there's already a sense of community there and and the people running the charity know the people using the park kind of very well. If you've got a more rural or community centre, again, the people running the cafe are already engaged with a lot of the people who then become customers. So I suppose there's a bit of a kickstart in terms of the community focus. Mm. But I think people, because people are running the cafes purposefully... For looking at the social outcomes rather than just trying to upsell you you know a different blend on the till I (laughs) I think just because the whole motivation is different the um the ethos and that that runs through the yeah, yeah the culture is different in terms of the customers that come in and what they see when they come in I'm quite interested although I haven't worked on projects in the um the kind of pay what you feel Models, yeah, yeah, which exactly. I've, seen, I've seen that in the state. So you don't have a price list, but people say, you know, I'll pay four pounds for that meal or I'll pay two pounds fifty for that coffee because yeah, of exactly. the quality. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I think it's great the work you're doing. <laughs> um, and I think, um, you know, social media is where we connected and where a lot of yeah. people are starting to connect. So I think, um, I think there's still quite a lot of work to be done in sharing knowledge building this this network which I think kind of exists but it's very regional and people are getting involved for different reasons so I think um, uh, I think Food for Good is is at the early stages and I think um, yeah um, organisations like ourselves and obviously people that are, that are working very hard on developing and starting these cafes um, it's how how sort of umbrella organisations and support organisations can support them Mm. and then if they're running successfully how can they support others so you get the peer learning so I think developing networks whatever they may look like through Twitter, social media Mm -hmm. membership organisations like Club societies, who knows yeah. yeah, big potential. And it's a I think.
0: multi-layered movement. There's so many different things all happening at once. Yeah, which is indeed. Really good, in a way, actually. Yeah, it's good. There's yeah. sort of there's room for everything, really. I it's think great. so.
1: Yeah, and we're all we're all there's shared there's there's shared values around yeah. what we're doing.
0: There's definitely like a developing culture. I'm starting. Maybe it's just because I've started getting more and more involved in food justice, but you're hearing these same buzzwords and ideas over and over again. Indeed, yeah. Um, thanks so much for um, talking to me, Rory. And um, good luck with, yeah, the future of Beanbag Cafe. And likewise for the National Food Service. Cheers.